How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got the founder of Wendy's, Dave Thomas, and the first signer of the Declaration of Independence, John Hancock. If you like the episode and you want to check out the performers, check out Megan at the Armando Diaz Experience every Saturday at the Magnet Theater at 7.30 p.m., and check out Evan at his Twitter, Evan Alt. That's his Twitter. And uh, you can check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You can hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. You can uh, rate and review the podcast and tell your friends about it and leave comments and all that sort of stuff. Check out my uh, website, jaredbarrenson.com, for all the latest updates and upcoming projects and live shows. And, of course, we got videos coming soon to my YouTube, to my Facebook. They're going to be all over the place, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. John Hancock and Dave Thomas only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. You're gonna hear thoughtful phonies and so all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are. 20th century American businessman and philanthropist, the founder of the Wendy's fast food chain, Dave Thomas. Hello. And early American statesman and patriot of the American Revolution, remembered for his large and stylish signature on the Declaration of Independence, John Hancock. Yo, Jared. Uh, Mr. Hancock, Mr. Thomas, thank Yo. you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Hey, so thanks so much for here. having me. Very uh, nice. Let's uh, start off with John Hancock, if I may. I love it. So you are obviously most well known as the man who signed his name too big on the Declaration Whoa. of Independence. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm known for. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what you're most famous for yeah, today. I that's mean, what yeah. I know about you. Now, right. there, there are <laughs> cool. a lot of details about that that I realized in doing research for this that I had wrong. Wrong. And so I'd like to go through a few of these items that I had wrong. Maybe other people had wrong, too. <laughs> Let's set the record straight. Yeah, and we can get your take on it, too. So first, I assumed that there was one big signing ceremony for the Declaration of Independence, that everybody was in the same room together, and you signed first, and that's why your name was so big, and yeah. then maybe like everybody teased you for it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but apparently that was not the case. It was sort of signed piecemeal right like a document was like handed off to different people who would then yeah sign it, it was then... delivered person to person and mm-hmm. everyone like kind of put their own like john hancock if you will mm-hmm. everyone which we say now yeah course. we say that did now you say that i mean then? I, I said it then i said it then it did not catch on just meant signature yeah i was like oh let me put my john hancock on wait it. so the same way that people would maybe so someone might try to give themselves a nickname you uh, Cold... were try, trying to make signatures be john hancock that's right do people wow. just write your name instead on stuff i mean it never caught on it never caught on i mean thomas jefferson tried too he was like oh put your old tom jeff on it mm-hmm. and i'm like not not catchy at all I was think it- tom jeff is pretty catchy <laughs> what tom jeff tom jeff tom, tom jeff. jeff it's like two first names so like if i, I give love you, that if well, i were to give you a contract yeah. dave thomas like if i want to franchise a wendy's and then i would give that to you and i'd be like okay so we're all set just give me your tom jeff Right there on the line. That sounds good. Love it. No. I like the way that no. feels. You got no. two Wendy's. <laughs> oh, thank you. Wow. No. I trust you. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like we're starting a new American Revolution here, and it's changing signature from being John Hancock to Tom Jeff. Tom oh. Jeff. Coming no. at you. Tom Jeff. No, Getting don't, started. Don't get your old TJ on well, it. Well, let me get, let me get, uh, I just want to be clear about something, because okay. it seems like you and Thomas Jefferson and maybe other people were trying to make their name synonymous with signatures. Yeah. Everyone was like trying to be part of history. And uh, and I was like, all right, you know what's going to stick around? This giant old John Hancock right mm. here in signature. Yeah. It's better than if you put your name on something that's like a technology that's definitely going away, you yeah. know, where it's like, oh, you know that thing that you use to attach a saddle to your horse? We can call that a John Adams. Yeah. You know, but uh, then obviously there's not as many horses around, so yeah. it's not as big of a thing. Yeah, John Adams. Oh, what a stick in the mud. <laughs> that is how he is historically remembered, oh, 100%. Oh, man, was he ever. <laughs> but were people trying to get their names attached to other things as well besides signatures or oh, saddlebags definitely. or whatever? 
uh, John Adams, you tried to get like a feather in your cap. He was like, oh, there's an old John Adams mm. feather in a cap. He was he thought he was a fashionista. Oh, was but, he? Uh, For a stick in the mud, that's an interesting, <sighs> you know, I wouldn't expect a guy who was as grumpy and yeah. straight laced to be as fashion forward. I know. Mm-hmm. You know maybe he's a real like, uh, like, the, like uh, you know, Devil Wears Prada. Maybe what, what? <laughs> like a real pretentious right. fashionista, like right. like yeah. excuse me, keep your feather in your hat and mm-hmm. get down to business. No, I think he was like trying to like, well, like let's found this country and get our <laughs> press our clothes yeah, and put our wigs on. No, he was. I think it was more Two of like steaks. his Stella got her groove back moment. Like he was like, I'm, I'm going to change perceptions about me. And so he like, went through a bad divorce, and he's like, "This is this is the new John." Well, yeah, Adams. what was the first? A lot of people don't realize that the first John Adams was a totally different, a totally different characterization. Yeah. A- absolutely, yeah, we exactly. sort of picked him up post groove. Mm, yeah, exactly. Right. I knew him the whole like time. Like the pre so. pre revolution, John Adams. Poof, forget it. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, work, 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 work. That oh. guy. Uh. But then he was so fun, and he would he would go to the Caribbean he with his dance. with his boys. Right. You know, he got some braids. <laughs> Yeah. He got those beaded braids in yeah. his hair. And he'd leave his shoes at the, at the on the sand and just run in the water. And yeah. he didn't even care if he got it, if he if they were there when he came if back. They got he, stolen. Oh. Yeah, well, that's not what it was about. Mm-hmm. You no, know, not for John Adams. You know, that's the John Adams that we elected president. The <laughs> yeah. fun one, exactly. Uh, oh. So yeah, how did this work exactly? Like you guys had the Declaration of Independence. You got it first because you were the president of the Continental Congress. That's right. Oh. And so you sign it, and then you just like give it to somebody and be like, "All right, now you give this to the next person." Or- Jared, I tried to get a part going mm-hmm. i tried i sent out to all my bros i sent out some invitations some invites and but nobody want everybody was like busy and i was <laughs> like we can't like we like listen like the schedules did not match up mm. no one could, and it was like oh it was just me and uh t- uh tom jeff <laughs> well, tom jeff it was just him and me and i was like we're this can't just be a party of two so mm-hmm. i was like fine i'll I send it out i got tom jeff I got yeah. Him. Like, I just sound so cool. yeah i mean yeah, i wanted to Mo- the two best people were in the room, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no, I mean, I wanted George Washington. That was my bro. Ooh, that would have been a good get. Yeah, that would have been a good get. G-Wash. Yeah, that's like yeah. trying to do an- another Oceans movie without Brad Pitt. I know. How can't you, do can't, it. you can't do it. It's <laughs> cool, man. Well, and then and then doing like an Oceans 8 where like now George Clooney's dead. <laughs> what? Whoa, wait. Is that what the- yeah. That is, is dead? one of the things about <laughs> Ocean's Eight is that George Clooney's character love is dead. When, dead. Love when you kill off a character when they don't appear. Yeah, I love the idea. There's no need for him to be dead. Right, mm-hmm. and it's just he a, could just be out doing something somewhere. Nope. Yep. Nope. He, he oh, we're not going to show him. He's not going to cameo. No. Mm-hmm. So then, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, fine. I'll send it out. So I signed mine first. And then, because I was like, hey, everyone's going to be up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. Make a big signature. Make a big move. But then <laughs> paper wasn't as big as I thought. And so mm. I sent it off. You and didn't plan accordingly. You didn't did. think, how many people are going to sign this? How much space do I have? Let's yeah. do a little division and see about what size each name is going to be. Oh. When did you let Tom Jeff at it? What? When did you let Tom Jeff oh, get like, in there and, and put his put his Tom Jeff on? I sort of I gave it like three days. <laughs> this party was three days. Yeah, I was a rager. And nobody showed up in three days. You were I, waiting. Well, I was waiting. It worked. You kept him there for three days yeah. while you couldn't sign as a signing party. Listen, yeah. it worked differently back then. There wasn't texting, so it's like if you have a party, if you, if I throw a party today. And I'm yeah. texting everybody like, where are you? And everyone's like, oh, I'm not going to make it. Then we know we can end the party. I don't yeah. know. Some guy with, uh, comes up on his horse and says, "You got uh, John Hancock is throwing a party with Tom Jeff. And it's it's going to last for three days. <laughs> of yeah. course I'm going to say I'm busy. We had so many kicks. Mm-hmm. And Listen. it's like, what? It, when is it? Yeah. Like, how do you even communicate well, that's this? That's the thing. Things were longer back then. Mm-hmm. That's right? when you guys invented the uh, question mark, question mark, question mark at the end of invites. Exactly. Was because you literally did not did know. Did not know when it would end. When things were going to end. Days. Uh, I do have another question about the people that signed the Declaration of uh-huh. Independence, but I want to move over to Dave Thomas for just a moment. <laughs> Obviously. Let's hear uh, DT. So you were, and you can get a little closer to that microphone if you like. Happy to. Uh, you were obviously an extremely successful businessman, uh, but you became an a actor. household name. An actor, of course. Which that's what we're about to, right about to talk about. Uh, you became a household name after deciding to appear in the commercials for your restaurants, for the Wendy's restaurants. You appeared in more than 800 commercials for Wendy's, which is more, this is on the Wikipedia, which is more than any other company founder in history. Wow, are you SAG? Yeah, I'm SAG. Whoa. 
cool. the merger and everything. I think oh. it would have to be SAG if you were in that yeah. many commercials. Oh, yeah. Right? That's how I got it, and that's the only thing I... What do you I mean ever... that that's how you got the commercial? No, no, no. That's how I got my card. Oh, that you got your card. I was oh, going to say, yeah, did you audition? Yeah. You did have an audition for the part of Wendy's founder? I was Wendy's auditioning founder? for the first couple of years, and I well, I wasn't getting it. Oh, Finally, they gave me a shot. Wow. <laughs> Dave Thomas not booking? I had a I had a particular vision for this, and they, they you know, look... Where's the beef was such a big hit. Well, let's oh. Oh, hold on a second. I do not want to put the cart before the horse. We are definitely going to talk about where's the beef. <laughs> must. But, must. Okay. but a lot of people want me just to get right into it. You know what? But I'm happy to. No, no, no. You're right. You know what? We can talk about where's the beef. We can 100% talk about where's the beef. Because <laughs> oh. I. OK. All right. So you what people don't know may not know about you is that you stepped away from the company uh, in uh, 1982. You resign. Everything's going great. You come back in 85, you start doing the commercials in the 90s, and in between there, right. there is the most successful ad campaign in history. It has to be. Yet. It is the Where's the Beef campaign. Ooh. Because I was alive during this time. I was a child in the 80s. Sure. Brad. And Where's the, <laughs> Where's the Beef was literally everywhere. It was in one commercial, an old lady opens up a burger... And the meat is really small. And she goes, where's the beef? And that took the country by storm. Took off. It was he, every every dad at a barbecue thought they're being so fucking funny, opening up their bun, go, where's the beef? It was enormous. I mean, it was it, everywhere. It wasn't that funny. It wasn't that funny. but I, mean, was, I don't think it was that. It was, not everybody was talking but, about but it. But I mean, it, it was. It wasn't. It, it wasn't no. too. I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people got over it pretty quick. If and and they were ready for a change. Any comedian would use had a where's the beef joke sure it was sure. in every tv a, show it was in every movie maybe for a split second yeah it was a look it's a big deal for a for a minute it's it's like how these days every movie that comes out is the biggest movie of all time or whatever mm -hmm. then we move on people were looking for something fresh after where's the beef and that's where i came in baby mm, i don't think also, so also meat related they were like <laughs> we need something other another meat related oh yeah topic do you know how like tastes like chicken is a joke that's in like everything Sure, that's, now that's what, good. That's what where's the beef was. Yeah. And this is like something that happened when you had stepped away from the helm. Okay, fine. You know what? Look, much like, uh, 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 what do you call it? The greatest movie of all time. <laughs> uh, you know. The Bible? Yeah, the Bible, the greatest movie of all time, ever told. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I'm Orson Welles up in my tower. Yeah, you're just watching this whole thing happen. Yes, expelled from my own company. Expelled? I thought you stepped away. I thought you chose to resign. Oh no! Oh gossip! I we're getting the straight dope. Look, here. I knew. Truth. Yeah, hamburgers are delicious. We can all agree. Yes, oh, without question. But this was really a vehicle for my acting career, and they wouldn't let me be in the commercials. And I had a whole vision for these commercials. Wait, so in 1982, you stepped away because they wouldn't cast you in the commercials for your own company? They were like, "We've got this whole campaign ready with this old lady," and I'm like, "Put her, put her." I said, "Put her away," is what I said. Put her away. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's what I said. I didn't mean to say it like that. And then the whole thing came. To be fair, it was a very progressive board, mm -hmm. but they 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 put me away. They oh benched me. They said, Whoa. you are going to take a leave of absence and up to my ivory tower. Oh I went God. and wow. and just uh, aviated out. And then you were like, I'm going to get my headshots and I'm going to start to... Yeah, exactly. Were you just trying to get jobs in Wendy's commercials or were you trying to be like a general actor? Like I, for anything? Here's my here's what I think the 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 pop culture landscape was missing. Mm -hmm. Real funny, real funny skits where a guy would go with something like, oh boy... <laughs> Oh, skits, whoa! You know, like you didn't see a lot of, <laughs> you didn't see a lot of this on on television, where oh. where where somebody would come in and they'd say something like, "Now that's what I call a delicious uh, burger," and then someone would come by with mopping up and go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I thought that would be pretty funny. Did, whoa! Did you send in your packet to Lord Michaels with that skit? Yeah, I had all these great skits. I mean, that I would shit say, "Oh itself. boy," I'd say. Wow, what are you doing over here? And sometimes I wouldn't say anything. I just I raise my uh, fist up and and shake my head. No way. Put a palm to your cheek. <laughs> Put a palm to my Whoa. cheek. So, yep. Uh -huh. I would be in shock by how by the shenanigans going on. And I thought these were good skits. You know, I don't think enough commercials start just with like the last reaction. <laughs> oh. It's like, or just be like, yeah. Right, so so some stuff happens, and then I go like, 
Oh boy. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then it writes itself. Sure. And then it writes itself. When when they went in to do Where's the Beef, I've got it. When I, I still would get uh, screeners of the commercials while oh. I was in my absence. It's like if you leave SAG, you still get the I DVDs. Would, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. these days, they were reel to reel. And they so they <laughs> sent me a giant I had a whole screening setup. And I said, This commercial's fine. I didn't, I didn't love it, but I said mm. it was fine. But you know what it needed? Was you needed a guy at the end to go, well, yeah, who, are, who are these? Who are these birds? What are they Whoa. yapping about? <laughs> and that now that's a skit. That is a skit. You know, I did always feel like something was missing from Where's the Beef, where the old woman takes off the burger bun, she looks down there, she goes, "Where's the beef? Where was the person to react or the bird to that woman? Yeah, Where's right. The or, the, or the bird? A, a yapping bird? What are these yeah, birds well, yapping about? See, now that would have been a, that could have been a T-shirt. No, yeah. people would have been all look. Where's the beef? Was an A? It could have been an A plus. That's right. We could have had two T-shirts. We could have had Where's the beef? We could have had What are these birds yapping about? <laughs> and they both would have been Wendy's commercials. They sure. both would have been yeah. things for yeah. Wendy's. Wow, yeah, so I, I have so many questions about this. Um, oh, brother, <laughs> that one's for free. If uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are early American statesman and patriot of the American Revolution, John Hancock. Radical. And 20th century businessman behind the Wendy's fast food chain, Dave Thomas. You know it. So, yeah, so were you auditioning for other things besides the Wendy's commercials? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I would go in for all sorts of stuff. I'd go in for big dramatic parts, but I'd like to put my... I spin on it, my signature spin. So this oh, would the... would you go uh, audition for? Can, yeah. can we get a line? Because this sure. was the eighties. Yeah, right? this was the late eighties. A dramatic right? role in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that you a dramatic for. role in the late eighties. So I went in for uh, <laughs> I went in for the fly. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, the I thought I'd Jeff break Goldblum in movie. Eventually, yes. Mm, that's right. That was originally maybe going to be Dave Thomas in that role. <laughs> Could have been a Dave Toe. Shirtless. Ooh, can Shirtless. we get a little taste of what you did for that audition for The Fly? Sure. It was like, like uh, so I'd go in and do the scene where, they, where spoiler alert, as mm-hmm. these, you say, these days, I, you're going to, uh, where he turns into The Fly. Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum turns into a fly. He goes into in this the machine. The they mix them all up, and then he becomes a fly. Yes. He goes in there, and he says, uh, there's no stopping science machines. And then he goes in, <laughs> and then he's, he, he uh, freaks, you know, he goes all crazy. Is he talking to the machines, and there's no stopping <laughs> science, that, comma, machine. No, no that was right machine. to camera. Science. That was right to camera, science <laughs> machines with a hyphen. It's science there's machines no with a hyphen. There's no stopping science yeah. machines. Oh, right it's to camera, 80s. wow. That's, hey, I didn't direct that it. That is one of my favorite lines in any movie. <laughs> the classic Jeff, name a more iconic Jeff Goldblum line. Mm. You're welcome, Jeff. Ooh, the, the there was, uh, do you remember uh, it? Science, fi- uh, nature finds a way. Mm-hmm. It's basically I don't remember that one. really similar, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no I stop. loved in that movie Vibes when he turned the camera and he said, where's the beef? Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, so yeah, but now just imagine if they kept turning the camera <laughs> and there was a guy just shaking his head going, uh, who, what, what's this bird talking about? What is Jeff Goldblum talking about? Yep. Is it only birds that you see yapping? <laughs> You know, you know, yeah, a couple of yapping birds. You know how people mm. are. These, these, the people at your, at your oh, the people are birds. <laughs> the people are the birds. That's you know, it's, it's how like we talk talking back about then. it's a, a hip way to talk. Yeah, oh. when you say like a like a like a woman to call her a bird is like a cool oh. thing to do. Yeah, you yeah, know, very international. Yeah, not problematic at all. Nope. No. Uh, so were you auditioning then with that line with the "There's no stopping the science machines" or was there like another thing? So that, then I would, so I said, "There's no stopping the the science." machine and i went into the science machine and i came out and i had to fake that i was the fly of course it was an audition they didn't have the guys in there with the makeup and everything of course so i had to pretend but i came out and i and i sort of i tried to embody being the fly and i turned back to the camera and i said oh boy (laughs) now he said now you gotta be kidding me with this Whoa. Did you go off book on that? Is that the yeah. script? Well, I thought you know. Look, if you're going to bring in Dave Tom for a to audition, yeah. you're gonna. That's what you. That's what. It, why bring him in? That's right. If that's you don't right. want the classic, you know, it's like Tom Cruise is going to give you a smile, and you know, there's certain right. things that you, you just don't expect. Call, uh, Owen Wilson, and if you don't want him to say wow at some point, exactly. Right? Your Uncle Dave Thomas, if you want someone to talk directly to camera <laughs> and tell you what the birds are yapping. Yeah, yeah now that's a skit. That's and that's what and that's what they didn't get about this this picture. Mm-hmm. That could have been, been a great sketch. So much better if Jeff Goldblum turns into the fly and he was just like, "Oh boy, oh boy, oh, what is this oh, all about? No. How am I gonna get out of this one? <laughs> oh, Jeffy, Jeffy, Jeffy! Oh, yeah." <laughs> 
What's the name of it? Yeah, it was a say the, probably say your real name. Yeah, say your real name. That's the Jeff. Very Jeff. Oh. Jeff. Oh. What have you got? Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, boy. Boy, so you even call a movie a skit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to be, look, act, doing good acting is about making good skits. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree on that. And a good agree. skit has a guy at the end who's really <laughs> just right there to, to tell you, this is nuts. I mean, what is a movie but extremely long skit? Yeah. Uh, so let's go back over to John Hancock for just a oh, moment. What? Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your early life. Sure. So your father died when you were seven years old. Oh, yeah. Uh, you were sent to live with your wealthy uncle who trains you to take over his business. Yeah. This is from the Wikipedia. Quote, uh, John Hancock worked hard, but he also enjoyed playing the role of a wealthy aristocrat. Uh-huh. Uh, Whoa. Would you say that's, that's accurate right. about your life? Uh, I was a bit of a dandy at the time, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I liked I liked the whole aristocratic life. Mm. I mean, I had, like, servants and would do stuff for me and then dress me. Mm-hmm. And I would go to Paris for clothes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a cool. lot of fun. Yeah, it was real fun. Would you, get your, would you pick up a couple of John's Adams? Yeah, I definitely John's Adams. That was his his mead that he mm. would brew, and I'd get a whole barrel of it. Yeah, and I'd have my he would three brew it day in Paris. He brew it in, and then you bring course. it back. Yeah, of course. That's part of the aging process. Is you put it on a boat from Paris to America. <laughs> That's right. Love it. Uh, yeah, and so at my three day parties, I was mm. known for sort of like living it up. Yes, wow. and uh, the, the Wikipedia did also mention that you had a fondness for expensive clothing, as you mentioned. Yeah. You love the. Feather in your cap. Oh, yeah. You loved every... Uh... You know, I've, I've even put two feathers in my caps. Ooh. Two feathers in a caps with an ascot and like a little jewel <laughs> right right, uh, right on the ascot. I like that. Wow. Did any of the founding fathers claim that as like their thing? Like we call that the, you know... Yeah. Listen, Benjamin Franklin or whatever. Listen, I was the queen bitch of the Continental Congress. <laughs> Everyone tried to be in my clique. Everyone tried to do what I was doing, but I, I did it first. We so were a mean ex- girls uh, yeah. scenario. Yeah. Extremely popular. I oh, did read about that. Yeah. I had my little burn book. To Ooh. Kind of burn Who'd wall. you burn? Oh, Who in the Continental Congress felt the wrath? Benjamin Franklin. All right. What'd no. you write about that bitch? Oh, he's like kissing everybody <laughs> it's nobody who won't kiss whoa yeah, right there's like no one he won't kiss so you're writing Dang. your little burn book you're like yeah. benjamin franklin is such a slut oh man he will kiss literally anybody anyone, anyone. i bet he once kissed a dog and a horse yeah anything that. anything that moves he like yeah benjamin franklin will kiss wow. it mm-hmm. yeah right that, man that, well, that, that made it make it into his book. Into his book. Yeah. Not no, book, that was no. not in the Farmer's Almanac. No. You can just kiss anything. He never wrote that. No, no. Um, but that's what happened. Uh, so it also says that when your uncle died, so you, you inherited his business, you inherit this vast fortune, uh, yeah. fortune yeah. and also three household slaves uh, who were eventually freed uh-huh. through the terms of your uncle's will. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the Wikipedia is very clear about this, is that there's no evidence that you ever bought or sold any slaves. Yeah, yeah. And you released these three as, as was uh, the terms of the will. But what exactly were those terms? Was it like... Did they have to keep working for you for a little while after he died and then yeah, they got to go no, free? Or? I, I don't want anyone working for me who doesn't want to work for me. Mm. And I was like, I you feel know the same what? way. Yeah, no, yeah, that, we agree you know on that. Definitely. Know that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I wouldn't either. Yeah. It's like, so I've got enough money. I can, I can pay my servants well. And right. listen, you go, go be free. Mm. As stipulated by their previous contract. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Wait, so when your uncle was filling out his will, you were like, hey, put something in there real quick about how if. If these slaves don't want to work for me, they don't have to work for me. Yeah, I don't. Mm. Yeah, like let them go. They didn't. Let, they shouldn't have to be here if they don't want to be here. That was pretty chill of you. Yeah, I'm John a Hancock. pretty chill guy. <laughs> and then I put on my sunglasses and I, and oh, I yeah. got my uh, my accordion out. <laughs> And I was like, cool. Ooh, the, the coolest th- instrument at the time. <laughs> nobody came to your party. No, what? I can't He's believe it. Nobody to came to that party. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about one person that I know? Like, this is a little uh, little tidbit from history not a lot of people know about. Go for but it. But one of the other signers of the of the Declaration of Independence in the Continental Congress was a man named Buttons Gwinnett. Oh, is Buttons. that right? Buttons. Do you remember Buttons? Buttons, yeah. He was like four feet tall. What? Yeah, he was super short. Wow. <laughs> That's tiny. He's my little bud. Yeah, he was like my little sidekick. This mm. guy sounds made for skits. Definitely, yeah. When <laughs> little I, buttons? Yeah. When I would ride a carriage, he would ride on top like he was surfing. This that's, is amazing. Oh, my God. That's yes. adorable. Right, and then, and then uh, just imagine them, you pan over, <laughs> <and> just outside. <laughs> 
And then there's another carriage, and the guy right driving that carriage is like, yeah, "Are you kidding me right now?" Now I've seen everything. Oh, Maybe there's like an old woman in the carriage too, who's like, "Oh, oh no, that's oh, good. Yeah. This and, is my kind of skit." Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, "Cool buttons." Wow. Yeah. That must mean. I mean, uh, so he signed cool the declaration buttons. at some point as well. Yeah. I so mean, I let get, him. It just like got handed down in this like person tree until it eventually got to buttons. Or yeah, fine. Buttons was the last one because he was crying and he was like. <laughs> John, I want, I want to put my John Hancock because he knew I was trying to get that That's going. That's cool. That's mm. nice of him. He's my little, really... he's my little bud, my little button. So I was like, buttons, stop your crying, and here, put your old John Hancock on it. And so he did. And Button was like, really, really me? Yeah. And I was like, you do it, you do it. Yeah. That is, uh, that's incredible. I'm so he, happy. To he f- died later that day. <laughs> In the yeah. same day that he signed. He did. Yeah. But this was probably God. years after the, the your signing. What? <laughs> If it took, I mean, how many people signed the declaration? Oh, it must have uh, taken a several. long time for it to get all the way down to buttons. Several, yeah, it did. It did. Several, several people. Several, several people did. probably signed it. So. Several people mm-hmm. did. Yeah. No, what the party lasted, and he signed it, and he died. Oh, he died wow. a happy button. He died of. So, he's like, and now my my I, I can. He died of happiness. Yeah. I finally achieved finally. something. Thanks, Johnny. Buttons Gwinnett is now in the history books. Buttons Gwinnett. So we've got to take a break pretty soon. Uh, But before we do, let's go back over to Dave Thomas for just a moment. So you moved around a lot as a child. Uh, You were uh, similarly orphaned, uh, like John Hancock. You were adopted. Uh, The mother who adopted you died, and then you eventually move in with your adopted grandmother in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Sure. A woman named Minnie Sinclair, uh, who you claim taught you the lessons that helped you in your future business life. Is that right? That's right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, can you give us an example of something that your grandmother taught you when she's raising you in Kalamazoo, Michigan, that would later prove to be something that you used as a businessman, as a as a franchised restaurateur? Sure. So so to give you an idea, you know, growing up, it was a, it was a matter of... Uh, it wasn't. It, she wasn't strict, mm-hmm. but she always made sure I was. I took responsibility for my actions. That's and, good. And was a very responsible uh, young man. For example, I remember a day when I when when she came home from running running to the market. She came home and saw I had drawn all over the wall. Um, and, no. And when I was just a little boy, and and she said. Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> Whoa. Right in the camera. Whoa. Right in the camera. There's a camera crew there. And I felt like, oh, boy, I must have really screwed up. Get, so, she so said, lessons, get a load of this one. And I the, was like, forget it. So the lessons she taught you were like acting. You took them as acting lessons. What, you know, what is acting if not just truth? Yeah. Mm. So I took this. I, I I thought, wow, this really resonates with me. Yeah. Also, you know, and maybe it's because I didn't have any other real uh, uh, people raising me, and I had yeah. uh, some issues with, you know, no zero other parental figures. <laughs> so to you look know, towards. perhaps I was overdoing it and over investing in these little quips. I see. But but at the time, I really I really leaned well, into them. And when thought, you're a child, you're a sponge, you know, and anything yeah. that happens to you, you're like, that's a part of my life. That's a part of my brain now. Mm. I'm going to do that. And so I'm sure anytime, maybe she only did this like twice, three times, but. Oh, this was about every, this was about oh, it was like every, every day. day. Every day everything she did this. I did. <laughs> were, were there any birds around? Oh, yeah. She, she, and all these, she and a couple of birds would be yapping around in the other room. <laughs> and I'd go and I'd eat all the cookies out of the cookie jar. Oh, no. And I'd come in with crumbs all over the place. And she and these birds would turn to right to camera <laughs> and they would go. Ugh. <laughs> And that's all they would do. They just sighed, oh, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna write that down for yeah. a future business." Did you ever? Because obviously, this is something that became a huge part of not just your business life, but like your actual life, right? Like, did you ever go to school and think that that was how you were supposed to respond to things? You know, to to oh, turn the- to a camera that may or may not have been there and and go, all the time, "Oh all boy!" The time. I remember sitting in math class, and the teacher would say, uh, "David," I'd say, "Hmm," and she'd say, "What? What, what is? What are the multiplication tables?" And I, and I and I would stand there and I'd go, hey, Jai Chihuahua. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Branching out. I got some new phrases now. Ooh, yeah, well, I was Chihuahua. experimenting. I was young. I was rebellious. Yeah. Mm, so. That was not one that your grandmother came up with. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> but she did have a Chihuahua. So oh, did she? I wonder if that influenced me at some level. Oh, yeah. You know, we take, as artists, we take our creative influences from anywhere that we can. And so your grandmother, who had a Chihuahua, I'm sure that was part of that creative Must process. Must have been. Must, Must have been part been. of the creative process. Oh, uh, that is fascinating. We, unfortunately, have to take a short break. Uh, but we will be right back with Dave Thomas and John Hancock on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Stay home. Famous. 
Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are early American statesman and patriot of the American Revolution, remembered for his large and stylish signature on the Declaration of Independence, John Hancock. Whoa. And 20th century American businessman and philanthropist, the founder... Of the Wendy's fast food chain, Dave Thomas. Uh, I can get used to this. <laughs> I like that one. That's a little different. It has a little yeah, bit of a different suggestion. You know? it, it's not always... I could get used to this. Sometimes so, like, people are dressing you? <laughs> it's like, you know, we. Well, I remember we did one of these skits. I don't know if we ever shot it. I did so many. It's 800 commercials. 800. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, but uh, there was one where we where, where there were a couple of people, a couple of a couple of birds yapping it up, eating some fries and spicy chicken nuggets. <laughs> and at the end of whatever they were yapping about, they, they pan over and I've got my feet right up on the table. Oh. And I go, I can get used to this. <laughs> Whoa. So you never know. Having your feet up uh, on the table. It's like a real big shot. I, I wanted to ask you earlier, before we got sidetracked by Where's the Beef, which I just oh. I can't tell. I cannot explain how huge Where's the Beef was if you weren't part yeah. of that generation. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah. just everywhere. Um, been bigger. And so <laughs> if, uh, I mean, uh, if you had a salad, for example, Someone gives you a salad. You said, where's the beef about that? Yeah. Oh, my God. You'd have the whole city rolling. Or, or there was, like, not a fight between two people. And you'd be like, hey, where's the beef? Yeah. Like, why aren't they beefing right now? That's now a really- that I like. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, I wanted to ask you earlier, you know, 800 commercials. No other business uh, owner has ever even come close to that record. Were there other business owners who were trying? Like, are there people who hit you up who are like, I'm coming for you? Dave Thomas, I'm going to be in commercials for my thing, and I'm going to so, do more commercials than you. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And so obviously, look, we're all a bunch of wealthy orphans. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, Jeff, but the rest of us, we, we, we were a bunch of dandy orphans, much yeah. like, of course, the ultimate dandy orphan, the Batman. And mm, yeah, yes, right, in my yeah. time, I did mentor another young orphan boy who who I thought would would join me in the ranks of of of, uh, of making great skits, mm-hmm. but eventually turned to uh, what I considered the dark side mm-hmm. of uh, uh, which is talking to camera but not making any big quips. Talking to oh. camera but not being funny and that, about it. That young man, of course, you I know him as 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 son, but you know him as Papa. As Papa. Papa, Papa John. John's. Papa John. Papa John oh, decided I'm coming for you. I did not oh, see and that. And I taught him coming. everything he knew. I taught him everything he knew. Not so much about the oh. franchising and the restaurant business. So, wait, wait, wait. But- you taught him everything he knew and then he made pizzas? <laughs> <laughs> wait. I, I, I really didn't keep uh, much of an eye on his business. That wasn't the... Oh. Look, you can, you can so sell what you whatever you can sell. I was teaching Papa John everything he knew. He turned around and made a pizza. You know what I'd say? I'd say, where's the beef? Yeah. I would say, where's the beef, oh. Papa John? Oh, brother. <laughs> now that would get a laugh. So you didn't teach him about food or business. <laughs> nope. What did you teach him? I taught him the art of when you are the founder of a company, one thing that you need to do 
is get in there and make great skits where you talk to the camera. And then you go, oh, bother, or I could get used to this. Yeah, or, that kind of thing. Like, now choose, I've seen it all. Now I've seen it all. Another Chihuahua. I Chihuahua, sure. Another Tuesday in the books. Uh, <laughs> I could get used to this. You guys get it. And, like, and so. name one Papa John's commercial where he says anything remotely like that. He doesn't. He it's, doesn't. It's really just like saying to the camera, like, our pizzas are good, you know. Better and Blah, blah, blah. Better blah. pizzas. We're giving away pizza for the Super Bowl, you know, blah, stuff blah, like that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, God, There's nothing it, good about that skit at all. What an unbelievable disappointment. But at least you have your your record, at least. At least, you know, he hasn't even come close to the number of commercials that you've no done way. for Wendy's. What is he at? 750? Uh, no, I don't think even close to that. No. Yeah. Oh, good. I mean, and also on a serious note, that guy's a real fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he also turned to the dark side Completely in his regular life. Sincere. Yeah. He's a real fucking uh, tax the poor. Yeah. Know, that guy sucks. Uh, fucking. Uh, oh, ooh, if I uh, if Obamacare passes, I, I'll have to charge more for my pizzas. Piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah right. That guy I fucking mean, sucks. He lives in a literal castle. Everybody should fucking hate Papa John. Yeah, I, I know I do. Sorry yeah. for just sorry for that little moment of uh, <laughs> sincerity. Especially because he never says like he never he, he never goes like. Oh boy! Uh, Ooh, in his fucking castle, he, he gives <laughs> never... a bad name to dandy orphans. <laughs> right? Thank you. I agree. Bad name. We got two of the best in here saying yeah. Papa John's fucking sucks. Damn right. Put your John Hancock on that. Hell yes. yes. So let's go back over to John Bruce Hancock Wayne. for oh, just a moment. I wish you would. Uh, so you, as I mentioned, you inherit all this wealth and status yeah. around the same time that you start rebelling against the British. Uh huh. And yeah. reading through your biography, it seems like people fucking loved how much rebelling you were doing and how yeah. anti-England you were. Is that accurate to say? Yeah. Everybody was like high-fiving me everywhere. Mm -hmm. They were like, John, we love your rebellious nature. So you, anything you did that was like anti-England, people would be like, fuck yeah, yeah fuck John you. Hancock. Yeah, I get that old Union Jack and uh, I wipe my butt with it. Whoa! Yeah. And I was wiping my butt with it down the boulevard, just like walking <laughs> down, just like wiping my butt. My butt wasn't even dirty. For but, a second, like, I thought, down the boulevard was like your taint or something. Oh, no. <laughs> I put that Union Jack down the boulevard if you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh, the they pan over right in the camera. Yeah. Oh, brother. Brother, no, 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 mm -mm. it's a real boulevard. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that probably in like that probably egged you on, right? Where you're oh, like, you yeah. did bigger and bigger things because you got such positive reinforcement for Definitely. it. Definitely. And uh, at the time, there was a uh, you know, I was on I was making the circuit on all like the different shows, you know, like there, it, what do you mean be, the different shows? Okay, cool. Like, so, 1700 exactly, oh, right. there yeah. were like little theaters, mm -hmm. and you could go and you could be on these variety shows, oh. and you can go and they'd interview you, and so like I would do like all of that and so like I was pretty famous in the area so it was this like just in Boston like you just yeah. going around Boston going from place to place yeah go to the variety just all up show. and down the boulevard all up and down the boulevard what were these variety shows like like what, what else would be on the show besides maybe uh, a John Hancock coming in and talking about his latest rebellious activity yeah. sometimes it would be like a musical guest <laughs> Or, uh, well, that's actually that's, yeah, that's a nice way to break exactly. it up. Exactly, or, or someone would bring like an animal or something and show everyone. And so in these in this that's live funny. studio audience, and mm -hmm. so uh, we would a uh, live theater, and we would like I would go do the circuit, and then they would be like, "Tell us about how much you hate the British," and I would tell them, mm. "Yeah." I got a tight five in there. Did you so. ever tell the story when you were on one of these shows yes. about your ship, the Liberty? Uh, yeah. That was constantly getting harassed by British authorities and how defiant you were yeah. in uh, in like basically kicking them off, being you can't inspect my boat, you know I know yeah. my rights, that sort of stuff. Yeah, because I was coming from Paris with all like the the finery that mm -hmm. I would bring, sure. the clothes, Sam the Adams, Sam Adams mead. the mead. Mm -hmm. That's right, all this stuff. And then they would like pull me over, and I'm like, <laughs> they're like, where? This is your boat. And you we were pilot. You were driving the boat. I was piloting. I was sober. Stone cold sober. <laughs> You're driving the. The ship packed full of all the goods yeah, from all the Paris. goods. They pull me over, and I'm like, and and then their boat is slowly edging onto my boat. And I'm like, oh, here we go. The British are here. Right. So, oh, brother, oh, brother, I could have said that. Get then. a load of these guys. Yeah. And I'm like, stop harassing me. Do you know who my uncle is? And, Dude, who was he? A rich guy. Oh yeah, right. Uh, I believe his name was Thomas Hancock. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Tom Han. Tom Han. Tom Han. And then they're like, uh, and then they're like, oh, is this your boat? And I was like, yeah, it's my boat. And then they, I'm like, what's the problem here? And they were just trying to harass me. Mm. They made me go on their boat and like touch my nose and walk a line. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> they made you walk a straight line on a boat yeah. on, on the water. Uh, yeah. on and these, I'm like, I don't know if I can. Difficult. Difficult. I don't know if most people. This is unfair. That's super difficult. Unfair. You already got from boat to boat. That should be enough. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck this. British yeah. yeah and then you go on the shows and everyone would be like yeah you yeah. tell him Johnny exactly and I would tell them like I would go through the whole story and then be like oh we definitely are on your side <laughs> can yeah. I ask you about one specific thing that happened once yeah they they go they inspect your ship they yeah. find out that you have more wine on there than says in your charter yeah and you basically <laughs> That's like so cool. you're basically yeah. like listen it's not illegal to have it it's just illegal to bring it ashore yeah so if I just keep it on my boat then you can't do anything That's right and then they had somebody stay on your boat all night yeah. to make sure you didn't unload it secretly mm-hmm. and then that guy eventually said that you tied him up and then and then forced him to not do anything while you got rid of all the wine. And, yeah. Is that, real, is that <laughs> true story? Right. That's true. Well, first I wanted to have a, a boat party. Because mm. I was like, you know, I can't bring it on shore. I'll just drink it on this boat. But it's so much wine. <laughs> so much. <laughs> not too much even from John Hancock. You send out mm. the invitations. Just come to a dock in Boston. Yeah. Thursday ish to question, question mark, mark. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to tell you when you're going to be let back on land yeah no <laughs> it's a yeah. boat party baby exactly it's a boat party mm-hmm. um and it was to question mark and uh but then it was so many schedules not everyone could like get out to the boat and it was like oh, it's only me and um and thomas jefferson i was like again the two of you were really thick as thieves uh, oh, not on not, oh, <laughs> not by cool choice not by choice i got buttons and so buttons and me were like okay i was like buttons tie up this guy and he did wait it's, buttons the four foot tall yeah, yeah little buttons, little buttons. He, he was able to uh subdue this british officer he's so strong he's so strong he's strong in personality (laughs) he overpowered him with character yeah yeah look he overpowered him with character that's exactly what he did it was like do you really want to interfere he was a guy was like i guess i know he was a real charmer like hey hey, tie yourself up it'll be cool it'll be cool if you tie yourself up yeah Uh. he's like i would definitely do it and then they're like oh okay So it's like buttons. You did me another solid, bro. Did you another solid? And then everybody fucking loves you guys. For yes, this. everyone loved us. Wow, like little celebrities. Don't you wish you could pan back to the British guy who was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Crikey, or whatever. Right, you put a real That would be a good skit. Yeah. Oh, I really want to hear some more British accents doing these. What are these birds talking about? What are these birds? Hello. Um, What's all, all can, this then? I can't believe this. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, boy. Let's uh, let's go back over to Dave Thomas for just a moment. So your first job, uh, you're 12 years old. You worked at a fine dining restaurant in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, you lost that job because of a dispute with the boss. But the sure. Wikipedia does not say what you were doing at the job, what your, uh, what your specific duties were at the restaurant, if you were a waiter or a busboy or what. Or what the dispute was with your boss. And so I was wondering if you just tell us what happened then. Sure. Te- you know, te- you, get, you get hired at this fancy restaurant in Knoxville. Right. Uh, technically, I was supposed to be, uh, I would telephone uh, to confirm reservations uh, with uh, uh, t- uh, people in the area who had made reservations and, and that sort of thing and confirm parties. But I right. thought that the entire place should uh, be not a fine dining restaurant at all. But? But instead, everything should be five bucks. And so one Ooh, day, okay. I made all the calls and I said... By the way, we're doing a deal where everything's five bucks. Whoa. Mm. But I wow. didn't tell anybody. I else. mean, if it's a fancy restaurant, yeah. you know, and I hear that everything's five bucks, I'm like, um, hello. hello. See, I, that's what I put in the skit. I could get used to this. Yeah. I mean, let's put it I this would get way. down there. Although $5 in my time would have been very expensive. Mm, that's right. $5 in, in even Dave Thomas's time. That's how time. fancy the place was, though. Mm. Five dollars. Oh. This, this was I'd a place like where you'd be spending up to $10, $12. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. All the way back in the 50s. Oh, wow. That's Whoa. incredible. And so, like, $5, this $5 deal that you're talking about would be like a $20 deal in our time. 
right? Is that is that about right? Yeah, uh, yeah. If we look at the inflation of the dollar <laughs> in the last I seventy always, years or so, I always keep an inflation chart behind me in the studio, and oh, it looks like that lines that lines up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, hell of a chart. And we can see that five dollars in uh, John Hancock's time, like five cents, <laughs> be nickel. <laughs> Yeah. This is a crazy charge. Pretty wow. good charge. This is a big charge. When chart. did this become an inflation podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They, it, it's something that I'm trying where we switch to economic issues so about the halfway price through. Of gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gold, gold had a really the, gold standard. Huh, I didn't realize it was a dip of the gold standard. Yeah. And you can see uh, Bitcoin over here as well. Uh, I got all wow. the digital currencies. The NASDAQ. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. It's the hell of a charge. I am impressed. Yeah. So I basically I leave this up so that you guys huh. can take a look at it and then have something to talk about uh, at the end of the show. Oh, cool. Cool. When we switch to financial issues, exactly. and so, wow. uh, so you call up Beverly's people. You're like, we got five dollars special, and everyone's like, that's twenty dollars like- ish. <laughs> to put it in today's terms, yeah. <laughs> they're like twenty dollars ish. That's not that at all. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a pretty that's that sounds pretty good. Yeah, and I bring them in and I kick them right out. They'd order, they'd eat, they'd pay their five dollars twenty ish by today's standards, mm-hmm. and I'd say, now get the hell out of here. Uh, and and nobody knew I was uh, making all this uh, ruckus uh, because I was only supposed to be back on the phone one day a week confirming mm, reservations. That's right. Whoa. So then the owner finds out about this, of course. Yes, and he says, you, sir, are fire. But what he didn't know was that I saw all, I got to see the, the entire gamut of fast, quippy human emotion that day. <laughs> and it prepared me for the rest of my life. You saw so many cute reactions, and people would open their bill, and, and they would go, say $5, I get used to this. And they would be okay. like, are you kidding me? Or they'd be like, uh, uh, first of all, imagine imagine the first time, because I, I, I'd never been in the dining room before. Mm-hmm. I'd only been back on the phone. Believe it or not, what really plugged it all in, what really uh, took off was the first time I saw somebody go, uh, check, please. Whoa. <laughs> really? Whoa. Uh-huh. I, I thought I'd write my memoir. Now, uh, that call person it check, that said, check, please, I'm imagining they already have the check. They look at it and they can't believe how cheap it is. So then they go, um, check, please. They, and then someone was like, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Who was, who, was, who was it? Rob Reiner was also dining that yeah. day. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And we both learned a lot about acting. Wow. Yeah. So you're like, jokes on you. You can fire me all you want, but I have already got everything I need to I, become a successful businessman. Mm, and then I said it all just by crossing my arms and uh, shaking my head. Not in you, your head. You know it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Enough said. And that is great radio, by the way. <laughs> shaking uh, my head. Yeah. So for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century businessman behind the Wendy's fast food chain, Dave Thomas. Oh, brother. And early American statesman and patriot of the American Revolution, John Hancock. In it to win it. So uh, I wanted to ask you about a couple other incidences with British troops, John Hancock. I hate uh, those guys. So there are some people who say that you basically started the Boston Tea Party. Because you and John Adams, you guys were thick as thieves. Yeah. Uh, you and John Adams. In addition to Tom Jefferson and Buttons Gwinnett. Uh-huh. Uh, well you were funny. trying to keep these British ships from dropping off their tea. Because you guys yeah. were like, we don't want this tea. It's taxed too high. Seriously. Get out of here with these British teas. No taxation without representation. That is correct. That's good. Yeah. And so you did all these things above board. But once all the legitimate methods had failed, you you turned to a crowd of men. Yeah. And you said, quote... Right, right to camera. Let to every... Camera. <laughs> Which at that time did not exist. <laughs> not existed. Uh, so you turn to a crowd and you say, quote, let every man do what is right in his own eyes. Yeah. So my two questions to you are, is that... So th- that is what happened. Yeah, and number huh? two, did you say that with a specific intention in mind? Like when I say... You know, hey, just everybody do what you think is the right thing to do. Yeah. That everybody knew what that meant. Like, yeah, I think they, they kind of knew what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Oh, and man, I was like, so I drank so much wine. My <laughs> eyes were all like, like, oh, right, in your own eyes. And then they were You've like, been doing a lot of the shows. Well, I've been on the, the shows. Mm-hmm. I was on the circuit. I like was having trouble with the cops, the British cops. And I was mm-hmm. like, you're getting all jammed up doing the shows. They're all <laughs> drinking your wine. And getting jammed up oh by the water. Sometimes boats. you're taking a boat to your second show, yeah. and, and the British they pull you over again. Uh, and then this like, tea thing, forget oh it. God, I know. I'm like, I, listen, I gotta me, I gotta get on the circuit. I gotta get up. Gotta get on my mics every night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that, so I was just like, I was done with it. I was done with the British, and I was like, 
you know what, just, you know, do what's right in your own eyes, everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're like, John Adams, you're the coolest guy we know. Mm -hmm. And John John Hancock. (laughs) First they said it to John Adams was there. And then they looked over to me and they're like, John Mm -hmm. Hancock, you too. And I was like, all right, whatever. And Buttons was like, I'm just thrilled to be here. Buttons Buttons was just happy to be here. Buttons was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I'm just happy that I'm in the party. Yeah. Yeah, So So this was not an agreed upon, like, code. Like, you didn't know what that meant exactly. You're just basically saying, like, like, do your mischief, guys. Yeah, do what you got to do. It's like just putting a tag on something you're doing. It's not, this isn't crazy. People have been doing this since a long time. Yeah. He was basically going really yeah. and then you know what i did i was like there and i kind of just like kicked a box of tea into the water because i was like do it right in your own eyes kicked a box of tea into the water and then they were like oh that's what you meant mm. and so like i sort of like told them what to do but like showed them what to do i see because yeah. i was worried like if you just tell a mob like hey do whatever you gotta do some people might think that it's even worse than throwing the tea in the river. You yeah. know, some people might be like, "Oh, we should start murdering British officers, or yeah. we should burn down like every British uh, no, business." But it, but it or never whatever. came to that. Thank yeah. goodness. No, I was like, "Don't <laughs> kill them. You should embarrass them." Oh, <laughs> yeah. smart. Let's, yeah, let's go kiss, that was their, a real, kiss their girlfriend. It's a real Buttons Gwinnett kind of uh, <laughs> kill them with character. Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> ben Franklin's idea. We had to kiss your girlfriend. So good. And you're like Franklin. That is always your idea. <laughs> always your idea. You always have kiss-based solutions yeah. to things. I was like, you know, what? let's go steal the British mascot. Let's do that and bring it over to our side. It was that little bulldog, right? Yeah, it was a little bulldog. Yeah, he little was bulldog. he was dressed like a beef eater. And oh, I was like, let's man. steal this little bulldog. Let's That's steal adorable. their mascot. They're gonna be so mad. Yeah, like right before like a big battle. Yeah, it was right before state. <laughs> They'll be so embarrassed. Yeah. Right before the regionals and... You guys would have sponsored battles before the war started. Exactly. <laughs> Just battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was, of course, state... Like rec battles. Yeah. Like rec league. National, etc. So I was like, yep. Cool. There was also you at one point did this like huge bluff to the British forces. This is before yeah. the war started. Yeah. There were all these troops in Boston, and you said, "You guys better get out of here. Stop hassling us because we've got ten thousand armed militia men surrounding the city." Yeah, and they, uh, according to the Wikipedia, they knew you were lying, but they just for like expedience, they were like, "Okay, well, we'll leave because it seems like a pain in the ass." Yeah. Uh, but that was a, that was quite a bluff, right? Oh yeah, ten thousand no, troops. Actually, Jared, I, my vision was so blurry. I thought we had <laughs> ten thousand. I really did. So when I said it, I was like being honest, and they like thought I was being truthful. But uh, it's a real bender you were on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Goes to question mark. So I was still like on this bender, and I was like, uh, we got like, and I was putting my hand up to my eye, and I was like, we got like. 10,000 troops. How many How many were were there when you sobered up and you saw? When I saw, it was maybe like 150. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, some of them were real fat, so I think that's, that's also why. I that makes like, sense. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Squat. If you're blurred vision, one fat person looks like 20 guys. Yeah, yeah so, well, I'm back then. I have that conversion chart also <laughs> up here. Oh, you okay, look, cool. how, how drunk are you? Versus <laughs> how fat they are equals how many people versus what time also. Exactly. Oh yeah, I got pulled over by a boat the other day. They were like... <laughs> Uh, they made me do all these uh, uh, all sobriety these, conversions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this also works as, as a sobriety chart <laughs> mm-hmm. as well. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The British brought that out. Uh, we've got a uh, – let's go back over to Dave Thomas just a moment. So um, I want to cut to another seminal moment in your career. 1950s, you're working at a different restaurant in Fort Wayne called Hobby House. Hobby House. And I couldn't believe this when I read it. Oh. A young Colonel Harland Sanders <gasps> comes to town to try to sell KFC franchises to you and the people that you worked for. And you begin working for the Colonel Sanders Whoa. on making KFCs more profitable. Exactly. So I just have, I can't, I want to hear everything about this. What was Colonel Sanders like? I had no idea it was a real person. I thought it was just a sure, brand no, thing. No, no, this is a real guy. This was, if anything, I thought that I was going to recreate this whole situation with Papa John. Mm. Oh, you thought the, you a thought, young mentor? You I, were going to be his Colonel Sanders. Exactly. The way Colonel Sanders was the mentor. Colonel to you. Sanders took me from being a young hobby. How hobby, hobby house, house? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, manager mm-hmm. to uh, to 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 be right there in the in the uh, right there the, uh, with the chicken. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was right there. You you were right there with the chicken. <laughs> I, oh my God, what are I these chickens yapping it. about? <laughs> I couldn't believe these birds. I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Sometimes they would just lay an egg, and I would just be like, that cut. Oh, that's it. Sci-yay. That's good enough. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. 
Colonel uh, Sanders, he, he brought me in the and door, he, and he's like, Here, "Here's the chickens." And like, <laughs> I was like, "I can't believe these birds." Well, then I was like, "This guy's legit." Oh, okay. And I was it. like, that "Okay, what's his? What's going on here? Well, this guy might know a thing or two if he's got his own chickens like this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I said, "Teach me everything. Uh, teach me everything you can about the 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 restaurant business." And he said. You're you're thinking you're thinking from here, and he pointed to his stomach, which is good radio. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You need to be thinking from here." And he pointed to his smile. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Have you ever seen me not in this ridiculous suit?" And I said, "No, I've never seen you outside of this ridiculous white suit." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but he's a bit of a character, Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it was so. Was he in the military? Is that why he's a colonel? Yes, he was a colonel in the in, in the in the military. Interesting. He was an active duty, and that's why he brought me in. And I learned I learned about respect and honor and order and. Uh, and all of that in presentation. Wow. That sounds incredible. Now, you did have some ideas for making KFCs more profitable, right? Sure. What were some some of the things that you tossed out? Uh, And, I mean, we can assume that you you told Colonel Sanders that he should look to camera and say, oh, boy. So we could just skip over that one. We know that that was in your wheelhouse. Not to be, uh, not to be, not to, to my own horn, but I think by, later on he did. He definitely, 100. <laughs> percent Those are the commercials. Some of that, I like to think I rubbed off on him a little bit. Yes. I kind of buttons out over. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm. I, some of some of my cool attitude uh, gotcha. seeped into the. You had a little main. bit of. You had a little bit of what buttons? Uh, what had. can I say? I'm yeah. A bit of a Gwinnett uh, <laughs> type. What, what were some of the other ideas that you had to increase KFC's profitability? Well, the thing that he, the thing that I didn't understand about the Colonel was why isn't anything cut into into squares? Oh. <laughs> People like to eat food that's a square. No, and that's oh. everybody's like that. Everybody washes their hands a hundred times a day, mm-hmm. and everybody only eats food that's a square. So I thought, why are these uh, chickens uh, being sold uh, uh, as uh, as they as they as they came out of the the ovens? They mm-hmm. should be cut up into squares. Into Everything needs to be Whoa. little squares. squares. Mm-hmm. And then we'd turn to the to the camera and we'd say, "Now that's a square meal." <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like he took that advice though. Like there aren't really square things at KFC. Not at KFC, and that's and that mm. was ultimately what did it for us. Now you did oh. say maybe you should sm- make the menu smaller. Like was the KFC menu like really it's huge? Big? Well, how many items on this? It was old... like the uh, cheesecake factory. <laughs> it's like you'd a book. go over there. Oh yeah, and you'd be waiting at the drive-through for hours and hours, and people would be Just reading going this book through the yeah. whole thing. This whole thing, and they'd be, and then they'd have to make it. They'd have to make everything. That's right. Oh, you know, this yeah. was this was. A, there wasn't a lot of microwave ovens going on. Some people then. figure out what they want to eat on page one, but they're just like, I want to see what they else. needed to get to the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to see. I'm not going to decide for real until I get to the very end of this menu. Yeah. Yeah. The Thai chicken salad was delicious. <laughs> oh. I'm sure it was. It was. Wow. Uh, we have we are quickly running out of time here on Famous oh, Dead no. People. Uh, but I wanted to ask one last question to John Hancock. All right. So uh, when the Revolutionary War officially breaks out, you are elected as the president of the Continental Congress. Guilty. Guilty. as char- So yeah. popular. Everybody <laughs> loves you. It's an yeah. obvious choice. Uh, but Washington, George Washington, has made the commander of the armed forces. Yeah. And there is some speculation as to whether or not you actually wanted that job instead. And maybe there was like a little bit of friction between you and Washington because of this. So first question, were you actually hoping to leave the army when you took the president job of the Continental Congress? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. But I deflected to my best bro, George Washington. Mm. I was like, George, yeah, but we were all like, you know, we were like- John Adams, Sam Adams, Buttons Gwinnett, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, all of us to get John Adams, not Benjamin Franklin. Um, Mm -hmm. Because he- kissing everything. He's like, oh, come on. He's like, he was even kissing Mm -hmm. houses. And I was like, like, maybe we should kiss the British to death. And we're like, Ben Franklin, stop it. Stop. Who are you, Gwinnett? That's good. So so I was like, you know what, bro? We sat down, we had a dinner, and I was like, bro, do you want to be commander of the armed forces? And he was like, I kind of do. And I was like, then you should do it, bro. <laughs> and so we hugged it out and I said, no, you got it. You got it. And he said, I will never forget this. And then we, uh, we went, we raged into the night. Ooh, you guys yeah. had a bender. Yeah. We, we wow. got out some wine, some mead, some uh, barrels of Sam Adams from mm-hmm. France. He made yeah. that happen. I'll tell you what. Well, mm-hmm. Sam Adams. Sam Adams. He yeah. sure did make that happen. Yeah. yeah. John Hancock and Sam Adams, I think, came out pretty good. Yeah. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, you know what? Cool, bro. And then we, uh, yeah, that was it. We raged into the night. We woke up the next day and we were like, 
Let's... And then he went to battle. Yeah, he went to battle. <laughs> he went to battle. And I was like, whoa. Whoa, cool, dude. <laughs> and you guys looked at each other's eyes and you're like, bros before government jobs. jobs. <laughs> yes. That did not catch on. It was but in the early days of skits. A lot yeah. of things did not catch on, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, that is all the time that we have for this week's episode <gasps> of Famous Dead People. We learned a lot. We did. You know, uh, I would like to thank my guests, John Hancock and Dave Thomas, for joining me in the studio today. Yeah. Um, before we go, do either of you have any uh, um, hilarious reactions that you want to do into Mike before we uh, before we wrap things up? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, uh, see you. See you next time. <laughs> Oh, are you coming back? That is great. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, a, man, that is all. We 800 of them. That's oh. all for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. <laughs> Hi, Chi Chi Wawa. Hi, Chi Wawa. Uh, so last question. Do either of you have any uh, comedians or or podcasts or, or shows that you think are really funny that you want to tell people about? Uh, John Hancock, anything yeah, you want to tell people about? Yeah, I love improv comedy. Uh, I think you should go to the Magna Theater Saturdays at 7.30 for the Armando Diaz experience. Or follow at Gray Megan on Twitter. J-R-A-Y-M-A-G-I-N. Yes, do that. And and Dave Thomas, anything you want to tell people about? Yeah, they should follow Evan Altshuler on Twitter at Evan Alt. And go see live dub sitcoms in Brooklyn, New York when it returns this summer 2019. All of that information will be on the podcast. If you're listening to this on the radio, go to the podcast. All of these great links will be in the description. Uh, And also all the old episodes are on the podcast. So if you're a fan, you should definitely check that out. Rate, review, subscribe, that sort of thing. Uh, check out all my stuff at jarrettberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Got some fun videos coming out soon. Hit us up at famousdeadpeople at readyforbrooklyn.org. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Ready for Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, brother. Let me get a little more Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. And let me get a little more John Hancock. John Hancock. All right. All right. You really landed there. Again, <laughs> you really made finally, it happen. Finally, finally got it. <laughs> okay. It's like I'm there. Are you-